When you have a bond that's paying, let's say, 10 or 12 or 13% interest, and it's a top-rated bond, if you go to sell it, people are going to give you a heck of a lot more than the face value for that bond because new bonds just don't pay anywhere near that rate of return. That makes sense, right? You buy high and you got a good steady interest rate. So why would you sell and give up that high interest rate? You'd have to get some kind of a premium, right? Sure. But when interest rates are really low and people are selling bonds, you're not going to get those high rates of return, are you? You're going to get whatever is commensurate with the day. If interest rates start to go up, what happens to all those bonds? Well, there are a lot of people out there who always make mistakes. I've been doing this business for 35 years, and I can tell you absolutely unequivocally, beyond and to the exclusion of every reasonable doubt, people continue to do stupid things. And sometimes people call people like me Chicken Little. I'm not a chicken little. I don't believe in being a chicken little, but I do believe in being observant. I believe in calculating numbers, and I do believe in forecasting and putting statistical probabilities in the right order. I've said this repeatedly, and it goes like this. There are those who major in the minors, and there are those who minor in the majors. But people who are truly successful, they major in the majors, and they ignore the overwhelming majority of those who are in the minors. You see, there's just so much time in life to do what you've got to do, and in this episode, I'm going to share with you a technique that works. It's simple. It has to do with timing in, time in, most importantly, timing out. And because of that, We have a lot of people who are chicken littles, always making a mistake. So why do we always pick on chickens? Are are we so much better than chickens all of a sudden? When did this happen, that we passed chickens in goodness? Name six ways we're better than chickens. See, nobody can do it. You know why? Because chickens are decent people. You don't see chickens hanging around in drug gangs, do you? Uh, You don't see a chicken strapping some guy to a chair and hooking up his nuts to a car battery, do you? (laughs) When's the last chicken you heard about came home from work and beat the shit out of his hand, huh? (laughs) Doesn't happen, because chickens are decent people. As our story continues, we find all our fine-feathered friends happy and contented. And why not? Didn't they have a big, strong fence protecting them? But wait a minute. What's this? Aha! It's Foxy Loxy, the poultry fancier. Looks like he's taken an interest in our little community. A culinary interest. So why doesn't he just jump in and help himself? Do you suppose it's because of the high fence? Or the locks on the inside? Or the farmer's uh, shotgun? Uh, But I'm not a fox for nothing. Besides, There's more than one way to plug a chicken. Psychology. Why should I just get one when I can get them all? Quote, to influence the masses, aim first at the least intelligent. Unquote. Now let's see. Who looks nice and stupid? Tucky Lucky? Turkey Lucky? Ducky Lucky? Goosey Pussy? Henny Penny? Chicken Little? Mm. He looks nice and stupid. Oops. 
if you tell him a lie, don't tell a little one. Tell a big one. Unquote. This is the voice of doom speaking. Special bulletin. Flash. The sky is falling. A piece of it just hit you on the head. Now be calm. Don't get panicky. Run for your life! The sky is falling! The, sk the sky is falling! A piece of it just hit me on the head! The sky is falling! Hurry, hurry! Run, everybody! The sky is falling! The sky! The sky is falling! There you are, you see? Just like I told you. Hit me on the head! Sure enough? Oh, my goodness. How awful. What will we do? We'll all be killed. Now look here, look here. What's all the fuss and feathers? Something awful has happened. A piece of the sky fell down. So what we have in the world of finance is a situation that most people are emotional and most people make emotional decisions. So if you got the email that I sent and you're listening to this, let me run through what I have. And uh, for those of you who didn't get it, here's where it's going to be. Look, a big portion of corporate bonds are near or at or just above junk bonds. It's an issue that I've felt there it needed to be discussed. And one of the things I'm really concerned about is the Federal Reserve having bought so many junk bonds to prop up companies that would otherwise never be able to sustain their business. Now, in 1999, the Clinton administration repealed a thing called the Glass-Steagall Act. Back in the day, you could not have banks involved in brokerage and brokerages involved in investment banking. And basically, everybody had to be in their own wheelhouse. We passed that law because of the Great Depression. And they realized that, well, banks took on a moral risk, a moral hazard, because they took on risks they should not have taken on. And as a result, they said, look, everybody has to be in their own wheelhouse. And if we're going to have bank insurance, the FDIC, we can't have banks doing things that are risky and crazy. Okay, so Clinton passed, got that through. Congress passed it. We repealed it. And now we have what I call the BBB, which is bad behavior bailouts. Too big to fail, but they're too big to fail because of bad behavior. We have low interest rates, and we have an uptick substantially of companies that are not able to meet their obligations when it comes to bonds. Now, how does that apply to you and I today? It applies because interest rates are low. I mean, interest rates are really low. Because of that, you have to be careful. And the first thing you should do, especially if you're getting in or near retirement, and if you're in retirement, same thing, and all of you should do this. You have three budgets. The first budget is when it's lean. I mean lean, lean, lean. This would be your unemployment starvation budget. Then you have your normal budget. And then you have your, well, extra fat. You can go out and do some fancy vacations and buy things. But you have to have three distinct budgets. Now, next thing you do is you look at your contractual income. Now, what is that? At Social Security, it's your defined benefit pension plan from an employer. And it might be a charitable or commercial annuity where you're getting from any one of these sources a steady figure, a steady dollar amount. Now, if you have less money coming in from your contractual income sources than what your budget is, what you need to do is figure out what that is on a monthly basis. Multiply that by three, and that's how much you're going to be short each quarter. And you need then to have 
four quarters of cash banked up and ready to go, completely liquid, in the event that your investment portfolio does not generate enough money to make up the difference, okay? That's all there is to it. It's real simple. Now, if you're working and you're making up the difference, that's, that's a different thing. But you really want to have those four quarters. That's a year of cash. Now, if you have a year of cash, you're really aggressive. If you have eight quarters, which would be two years, you're aggressive. 12, moderate. 16, conservative. And 20 would be five years of cash, and that would be considered very conservative. You see, if things go down, what you do not want to do is to pull money out of your portfolio when it's down. That's what cash is there for. So you've got a couple hundred thousand, you've got a couple million, whatever you got. But if a portfolio is up by an amount equal to the quarterly shortage, well, then you take it off the portfolio. But if it's not up by that amount, don't touch that portfolio. Do not take money out when the market's down. You see, it's hard to control timing in, but you can control the amount of time in the investment, and you can damn sure control the timing out. But what everybody does is they have talked about for years, oh, we got to have that market timing. Oh, we got to have dollar cost averaging. Doesn't make any difference. Put the money in and let it sit there, but don't take it out when it's down. So timing in, time in, and timing out. Controlling the timing out means you got enough cash to wear and wherewithal to go through the drought when it happens, and it's going to happen. It always does. So the key thing here is this. We see people all the time do chicken little things. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And they go into alternative and crazy investments. They start doing things they shouldn't do. They start getting involved in people like Bernie Madoff and Ponzi schemes and scams. And Oh, well, you know, this guy in the church is such a good friend. Oh, he's a deacon at the church and Deacon Bob would never lead us astray. And he's got a special investment. Oh, he's got a special investment. Limited opportunities going to make 13%. Just give him the money. It's going to be fine. Listen, when interest rates are low and people are afraid of the stock market because the stock market's terrible, chicken little, chicken little, chicken little, you're going to get a lot of that right now. Everything's going to fall apart. Everything's going to fall apart. Look at what some of these people are going to start saying about the Biden administration and all the terrible things that are going to occur, okay, with all the tax proposals. Chicken little, chicken little, chicken little. But in reality... It's the fox, as we heard, is telling a big fat story to get all the dumb people to start running. And when the dumb people start running, then you start having others run. And then pretty soon you have the kind of response we had to the pandemic. People just simply, in a herd mentality, go one direction or go the other instead of sitting down and looking at the facts and figures. So when it comes time to take money out, you've got to have enough cash. And the problem with people who are in the investment advisory world who are making commissions, they don't want you to have enough cash. You see, the more you buy, the more you sell, and the more you pay, well, that's an obvious commission. Those are called haircuts. Then you have hedge funds, performance-based billing, fulcrum-based billing, and that's where, you know, I'm going to pay 2% and 20% of all my profits. Those are for accredited investors. And it doesn't make any damn sense to me because then you have these folks who are just as bad. They're called assets under management. Oh, they're going to take one and a half, two, three percent 3% a year, year after year after year. I tell you, you pay the mutual funds and the ETFs and you pay all the other costs that are involved. You're paying, let's say, 2.5%. You do that for 10 years, that's at least 25%. And 
or 20 years, that winds up being a hell of a lot of money. And the more you have, the more you pay. And the, these people all say, well, you know, we're on the same side of the table. The more I make, the more you make. I mean, that's, that's we're on the same side of the table. That's just hogwash. Oi, that's some hogwash there. Hogwash. So what I want you to think about is why it's so important to have enough cash and not to have somebody who is, quote unquote, a fake fiduciary advisor, encouraging you to put more and more into the market when you don't need to. You got to have enough cash. Oh, look, you may miss some great opportunities because you did not have all of your money in. But if you don't have all your money in the market and when the market goes down, that means you have some cash, plenty of cash where you can push in. You see, the way this thing works is that if you, let's say, you got a down quarter, another down quarter, well, damn, man, I'm down, I've been down three quarters in a row. But the fourth quarter, I'm up and I'm up big. Well, I'm going to take it off the portfolio, but then I'm going to replenish one of those sacks of money I have for those down quarters. And you know what? I think the market's a little up a little bit more than I think it should be. So I'm going to kind of put some cash off to the side. When things fall apart, I'm going to go back in. Oh, I'm not going to go and try market timing, but gosh darn, if things go down, might as well go in. That's what buy low and sell high is. But the reality is what happens with most people is buy low and sell high means every year you should be getting rid of your best investments. It doesn't make sense, I know, but that's a fact. Every year you should be getting rid of your best investments, banking that cash so that when things go down, you go in buying low. Oh, but everybody's selling. Yeah, that's why contrarians do pretty damn well. With that, that's what we were talking about. If you got that email, you saw a little bit of what we put there. BBB, bad behavior, bailouts, and the Federal Reserve has been buying bonds like crazy. It will be interesting to see what happens. What do I believe in? That's the reason why we have a very methodical process when it comes to investing. That's why I believe in direct indexing and equal allocation when it comes to companies. And uh, it's a process that... Uh, it's not glitzy, it's not glamorous, but I will tell you, I think, after 35 years of doing this consistently, <laughs> over and over, it doesn't just make sense, it works. I'm going to leave you with uh, one more item that uh, comes from George Carlin, and this was recorded in 2011. And I want you to think very, very carefully about what happened nine years later and think about what he has, uh, well, he's, what you're about to hear, because uh, I think it's profound. I sure do wish we had George around. It's just one more way of reducing your liberty and reminding you that they can fuck with you anytime they want. As long as you put up with it. As long as you put up with it. Which means, of course, anytime they want. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? 
in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous and it goes to ridiculous lengths in prisons. Before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, well, they don't want you to get an infection. And you can see their point. Wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick. It would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution. Fear of germs, why these fucking pussies. <laughs> you can't even get a decent hamburger anymore. They cook the shit out of everything now because everybody's afraid of food poisoning. Hey, where's your sense of adventure? Take a fucking chance, will you? You know how many people die in this country from food poisoning every year? 9,000, that's all, it's a minor risk. <laughs> Take a fucking chance, bunch of goddamn pussies. With that, thanks for joining me. Get off your dead ass and do something fun and memorable. Life is short. Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So, so listen, so listen, if you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs, what are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're going to do, you're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. Now,